My fuckers. Hello. It feels like it's been a while, and I hope that life hasn't been railing you too hard in the interim. Me? Oh, I've just been recovering from my more recent railings. So, on a related note, let's keep talking about relationships, huh? Uh, Let me just remind you, 2023 has been devoted to relationships on this platform. We started out learning about internal relationships, as in internal family systems, IFS. Then we moved into why we trauma folks don't engage in relationships, hence fear of being found out and a drive for self-protection most of the time. Then we pulled IFS and couples counseling together and discussed how to be in relationships, even with conflict, without letting them sink us or the partnership entirely. And most recently, I took a step back from those experts' advice to just casually talk about some of the ways we can be more careful and intentional when choosing a new relational comrade, so we don't end up wrecked after committing to someone who's just not a good match for where we are now. Uh, pretty important topic for people who tend to fall into relationships and ignore their own red flags rather than believing we are allowed to consciously choose the people that we connect with, right? Yeah. But anyways, it has been a relational year so far. And this month, we've been talking about the inevitable. Relational ruptures and what to do about them. How to patch up a hole that's been created between two partners, the crucial nature of taking those steps, what happens when we don't bother to repair a relational rift, and also how not to half-acidly try to rush the process, which tends to put the blame on the wrong person and creates even bigger problems between you than if you had not bothered to try at all. AKA, something I've titled, Non-Apology Apologies, an episode that I am super tickled by, if I do say so myself. All of that being said, let's hit those points today in this rundown of the research that we've been doing over on that private podcast stream. Let's talk about relational repair after rupture, how to do it all wrong, and how simple it truly is to do it right. So, remember that this year we've heard over and over again from those relational experts, conflict is inevitable. The key to maintaining healthy and healing relationships is to ride the storms of the imminent disagreements, committed to working things out with each other, even when we're 0.5 seconds away from being on an episode of Snapped. Maybe especially then. That being said, relational repair is critical. We're going to have ruptures from time to time when we feel injured and we withdraw from the association. The connection suffers, and so do we. And then, something has to be done to bring us back together. Or else we're trying to jankily patch things up on a faulty foundation in which one or both partners 
are not fully trusting or capable of being vulnerable in the relationship anymore. Then we're going to be filled with lingering resentment as we limp through or tiptoe around ever-present issues and end up in miserable ongoing relationships that slowly torment us. Assuming we don't just suddenly break them off entirely, call them another piece of evidence that we're hopeless, and carry on with our isolative flailings. So, I'm saying we have to repair our relationships after conflict. Which, you know, a lot of us just aren't used to. If you're anything like me, you grew up in a household where relational mishaps simply are not addressed. In my family of origin, we fight. It gets brutal. People say cruel things to hurt each other as much as possible. And then, best case scenario, the next morning they're going to give you the cold shoulder for a while until they need something from you. In the more annoying case scenario, they activists act as if nothing has happened. Pretend that embarrassing explosion never took place, those nasty contents of my brain haven't been spilled onto the floor, and everything is fine, my family says. Plus, you can add in a, God, can't you just let that go already? For good measure. Why are you still remembering that thing that crushed your soul less than 12 hours ago? Can you just stop so I don't have to deal with the consequences of my actions? They say, in exasperation of my feelings and memory. But no, I, I can't. And the reason is, in relational conflicts, our core wounds, the pains and fears that we've lived with for our entire lives are ripped open. The very things that our relationships are supposed to help support us to heal are instead brought up to the forefronts of our brains as we receive additional evidence that they are real, they make us worthy of abuse, and they're evidence of our brokenness. So, we aren't just hurt by what has recently transpired when we have disagreements and full-on fights with our partners. It's not just about the shitty thing that they said most recently. In fact, we're also going to be tripping through decades of our oldest pain points. All the things that they have said. All the things that other people have said. All the things that we have told ourselves across a lifetime. And when our partner refuses to speak to those nasty narratives that we are now re-drowning in, well, it is kind of psychological torture. It's like bringing up everything we're trying to convince ourselves isn't true to the surface, riling all our shame, guilt, self-hate, and fear, and then leaving us alone with it. All the reasons we consider ourselves unworthy, stupid, fucked up, incapable of having positive relationships, just stirred up and smacking us in the face. All the thoughts that end with, and that's why I'll probably die alone, floating around at the top of the brain. No big deal, just things like that. And oftentimes, from there, we are expected to just get over it for the sake of the other party, 
when clearly we've never been able to release these thoughts and feelings for anyone's sake. That's why we still have them. The oldest wounds we carry don't just disappear because they're inconvenient for someone else. It doesn't even work when they're inconvenient for us. You, uh, you might know something about that, reflecting on your own family system. I'm going to guess that they didn't exactly coddle your thoughts, feelings, or self-worth in the aftermath of interpersonal rumbles. Or ever. And how has that turned out for all of you? You know, would you say that those are relationships that you have positive feelings towards? There's a lot of vulnerability, intimacy, and trust there. It feels easy, natural, and healing to be in their presence. You feel like your best, freest, truest self when you're together. But no, none of that, you say? Right. And that environment of distrust and emotional ambivalence is not what we want to recreate in the rest of our relationships. That's living in your trauma patterns and never breaking free from the prison of unfulfilling partnerships. So what we really want to do is to repair what's busted after conflict and to do it in a way that doesn't poke at our partner's oldest, deepest, most debilitating pain points. Rather, in a way that helps to settle and mend them. You aren't only trying to patch up the relationship. You actually also need to speak to the individual pains of theirs that are undermining the relationship. So, this month we started out talking about all of this, the need for repair and what we're really trying to mend on a deep level, what a foreign concept it is for many of us, and the easiest way to do it. And I'm pretty happy to tell you, at the end of the day, everything essentially comes down to reassuring each other that we will not be abandoned, that we are acceptable, that even if we have flaws, and we all do, they don't amount to being too busted for someone to care about us. Right? Isn't, isn't that what most of us want? The knowledge that even when we're not at our best, it doesn't mean we'll be abruptly hot potatoed and left to suffer alone with ourselves. Reason that our, and that's why I'm going to die alone, thoughts can take a step back and sit down. Yeah? Eh, maybe it's just me. But if that also hits you in a poignant place, here is an easy suggestion for relational reparation. No matter what the nature of the relationship is, romantic, friendly, parental, or otherwise, the important part is transmitting this very short message. Y you ready? I see you. I hear you. I love you, and I've got your back. I see you, I hear you, I love you, and I've got your back. That's all what we truly want to be told. That's what we want to know. That's what we want to be reassured of after we've had conflict. That's what allows us to move forward again, wholer than before, both together 
and separately. We just want to be told some fucked up shit has happened. But you know what? I understand why, and I care about you anyways. What you're carrying is not too much for me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here for you. I see you. I hear you. I love you. And I've got your back. That's it. That's what we all needed to hear growing up. That's what we were all so thirsty for as children. That's what most of us didn't receive. Now, as adults, that's what creates corrective experiences that could heal our old, festering wounds and could help reprogram the trauma narratives in our brains that wholeheartedly insist we're not good enough or we're too much for others to handle. That's what we're still living with now, that void of human care that leaves us wondering why we aren't enough to be seen, heard, loved, and supported. So, that is what we all need after relational rupture. To be told that it's not true, that we are enough, we are wanted, we are not in this alone. No matter how old we are, that's what we still need, because our pains are timeless. What we didn't get as children still affects us to this day. And what we didn't get were the words and corresponding actions that demonstrate we're seen, heard, loved, and held. So, next time you find yourself having gone through a relational rupture, consider not only the pain that the other party is going through due to this recent mishap together, but also how it likely corresponds to a lifetime of pain that they've been trying to stave off for decades. And ask yourself if that's what you want them to be living with as a side effect of some words or actions that you probably didn't even mean. And instead of rooting yourself into the anger and indignance of proclaiming, but if I didn't mean it that way, can't you just get over it? Give a little thought to simply telling them what their brain has always needed to receive. I see you. I hear you, I love you, and I've got you. I'm here for you. You will not walk alone. And vice versa this shit. When your relationship partners seem aghast that you haven't just willfully forgotten the dispute between you on a timeline that's convenient for them, or in general, well, you can easily inform them of what it is that you actually need from them to move forward in this relationship. Being told and shown the same things. So you can point blank inform them, I need to be assured that I'm seen, heard, loved, and supported, and here's an easy phrase that will do it. Make it clear, name your needs, give them a path forward, and don't expect them to innately understand without your input. Tell them, these are the words that would mean the world to me. Now, the actions that they need to follow through with so it's not just a manipulative statement, well, that's going to be up to you to decide, depending on your circumstances. But make sure you can name those behaviors and that down the road you see evidence of them, or else we might as well be issuing empty-hearted apologies to each other 
and demanding that the rupture is healed because of it. Which is what we'll get to next time as we cackle about commonly horrific apologies together. And on that note, fuckers, I'll see you here when we speak next about fake-ass, insincere, insulting, and blame-shifting attempts at relational repairs, known in my world as non-apology apologies. I've got 14 examples for you, streaming over on the private podcast as we speak, and I'll be back here soon to toss a couple of them your way for good measure. I promise you will both gasp and laugh as the ghosts of your shitlationships flash before your eyes, too. Till then, you know I'm going to wrap this up in the corniest way, but I do mean it. And I have to say, I think I demonstrate it with these ever-flowing episodes as well. I see you. I hear you. I love ya. And I've got your motherfucking back. Hail yourself. Hail your relationship repair efforts. They really are the means for not only healing your partnership, but also the worst of our human wounds. So, kind of counts for something. Hail Archie. And that's it. Cheers, y'all. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.